So have you memorized the new Gloria yet? Hello, everybody. I'm, I'm going to push off answering that question as long as possible. I know the words. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Good to be with you. Michael Puppis here with Father Herb. Hello, Father Herb here with Michael Puppis. But see, I told you, you have the advantage of four masses a weekend. You're going to learn it faster than everyone else. Yes, but it takes me f- four times as long. That's okay. I, I, I feel good about the basic melody of the new mass setting. Good. But the Gloria is the hardest. Oh, it's because it's the longest. It's the longest. Right. But uh, it's a good setting. In fact, after after one of the masses last week, I almost said this. Now, I don't want to hear anybody complain because just give it time. Well, it tur- turned out I didn't hear anybody complain anyway. I heard a little grumbling, but that's good. I like it because if, if there's not grumbling, then people aren't noticing it. So that's fine. Okay. It's good to stretch people. You're going to get grumbling after they hear that you just gave people grum. Uh, Grumbling permission. <laughs> Grumble away, my friends. Okay. Actually, we had a great time um, introducing it this weekend. For me personally, it's fun to play something different with the number of times we play. Well, those. we all know you get bored real quickly. Yeah, I'm ready. For, I'm ready to uh, start a new one already. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the 23 podcast, everybody. We are uh, in November, and we're getting ready for the 32nd Sunday in ordinary time. Lots of things happening at the parish in the coming I, weeks. I will be at the men's retreat this weekend. Father Jeff has a five o'clock mass Saturday, which he doesn't get very often, and then the two masses Sunday morning. I will be back for Sunday evening mass. Good. Well, I'll make sure I'm here for Sunday evening. Yeah. And uh, oh, you better be yeah. here. <laughs> and um, we also have the connection point Sunday afternoon. Yeah, those I'll are always. Back, I'll be back for that. A too. good time with um, new parishioners looking to register. I always enjoy those. And then next week we are uh, we had our kind of our final planning session today. And actually, as we record this, our um, we've got some audio people here getting the church set up for the Matt Marr concert next week, next Tuesday night. And uh, it's it start, sold out. starts at seven concerts at seven. Uh, opening act is Nick and Alina Della Torre. They are, uh, been, they've been parishioners here. They are local to the area. Uh, so they're going to open up with a, uh, a couple of great songs. I'm excited to hear them. And then Matt will go on uh, just a little bit before seven 30 and uh, should be a great show. Sold out already. Um, all raising money for the Catching Up with Jack charity. Uh, not only to uh, provide and aid financial resources for pediatric cancer research, uh, but also providing resources and aid to families uh, that have children undergoing cancer treatment. And we just saw a couple of weeks ago, right here at St. John the 23rd. We had that incredible fundraiser called uh, Pasta with a Porpoise. A porpoise. Next one's with a dolphin. Pa- pasta with a puppus. <laughs> Papa, no, that's you. <laughs> Papa's papas. Uh, <laughs> pasta with a purpose. We have really tongue-tied in. Yeah. Uh, but if, for those of you that missed it at the event, the Catching Up with Jack uh, organization awarded both the Owens and Masters family um, ten thousand dollars for the two together. Yes. And in addition, there the Knights of Columbus, who really basically coordinated the whole thing, they've been starting to announce that. In addition, there was they raised more than twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah. In fact, last I talked to Jim, it was inching towards twenty three, and I thought that's a pretty cool number around here. Yeah, twenty three. We well, we just stop. If more people offer (laughs) money, we say turn it down. We've we've exceeded twenty three. You can't put us over. You can't make us John the twenty (laughs) fourth. Anyway, uh, so we are moving towards the end of the church calendar. It is rallying towards us. This is thirty second Sunday which is on the 10th and on the 17th, we have the 33rd Sunday, 
And on the 24th, we have the final Sunday of the church calendar, also known as Our Lord Jesus Christ the King of Christ, the Universe. Christ King of the Universe. Yes. It's it's a pretty big, long name. It is. We call it Christ the King for short. Yes. That's the, the slang term. <laughs> <laughs> when Jesus, no. When we get to the end of the church calendar, the scripture readings the last couple of weeks talk about end times. And this week is where we get a flavor of that. And it's not just the end of the world, but it's the kind of the que- it's raising the question, what happens after death? It's a so great question. We do, so we don't live just for this world, but we do know we believe in resurrection. So that's the emphasis of the readings this week. Shall we read it? Would you like to read the gospel? Which form are we doing? Uh, what do you mean? There's a long or short form of the gospel. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll read the long here because I want everybody to hear the whole thing. This is from Luke chapter 20, and it's verses 27 to 38. Some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection, came forward and put this question to Jesus, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us, If someone's brother dies leaving a wife but no child, his brother must take his wife and raise up descendants for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first married a woman but died childless. Then the second and the third married her, and likewise all the seven died childless. Finally the woman also died. Now at the resurrection, whose wife will that woman be? For all seven had been married to her. Jesus said to them, The children of this age marry and remarry, but those who are deemed worthy to attain to the coming age and to the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. They can no longer die, for they are like angels. And they are the children of God, because they are the ones who will rise. That the dead will rise, even Moses made known in the passage about the bush, when he called out, Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And he is not God of the dead, but of the living. For to him, all are alive. And I love that last line. For to him, all are alive. Let's write a song right now. Okay. All, all well, are alive. All are alive. Alive again. Oh, yes. It's already been written. Matt Marr, next week at St. John the 20th. Is he going to sing that? Can you guarantee? I can't guarantee song choices. Okay. I can guarantee he's going to sing. That's good. Okay. Now, let me talk about this. Let me break this apart for you. The first thing that's obvious is the Sadducees do not believe in res- did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. Right. The Sadducees were, were a group of Jews. The majority of Jews belonged to no special group. Okay. But there were groupings. You've heard about the Pharisees. We talked about them just the last couple of weeks. Sure. And they were a lay movement that was trying to be very precise on the law mm-hmm. and kind of went overboard at times, more like the, the letter of the law than the spirit of the law. Uh-huh. The Sadducees also existed, and they were a much smaller group, and I call them the old guard. And for the most part, they were the long-established prestige elitist, mm-hmm. and they had a lot of power. But they did not believe in resurrection, the resurrection of the dead. Okay which is kind of a sad thing. And that's why people say they didn't believe in the resurrection, so they were sad, you see. Oh. But that's not the origin of the word sad, you see, but that's a good way to remember it. More grumbling. Then there were the the zealots, and we'll talk about them at another time, but the zealots were the ones who wanted to overthrow Rome. Uh And then the the Essenes. The Essenes were the monastic group that basically went out to Qumran, if you ever heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. Okay, so there were those groups, maybe some others, splinter groups, mm-hmm. but uh, 
the Sadducees and the Pharisees often were the ones that uh, showed up in the gospel. This could be a bad comparison, but would some of these groupings be similar to maybe the denominations of Christianity we have today? No. No? Not a similar thing? No, because they were all they were all uh, Jews, and it was more like a different interpretation. I don't think that they practiced the, the, the religion differently. Got it. But they just held to different things that were, it was more about what gives you salvation. Got it. And of course, if you don't believe in resurrection, then what is salvation all about? Sure. Salvation becomes more a thing like, how what you do on earth and of course you know uh, trying to be a liberated country was pretty important because yeah. that's what happens on earth so anyway so almost to make fun of the of the concept of resurrection they come up with this ridiculous story well it's kind of ridiculous that there are seven brothers now when i read it my mind always goes to the seven brothers because I am one of seven brothers. So this, in fact, I am the seventh brother in my family. My six older brothers are all married. You know what they say? Seventh times a charm. Yeah, I could really, (laughs) I could really like my sisters in law. Yes. But would I want to be married to any of them? That's another question. Well, as a celibate priest, I hope not. Not, not, yeah, right. Right. (laughs) But, but, but in this case, it's just the same woman. Yes. And the poor woman. I Actually, yeah. I felt for her. I thought, oh my gosh, this poor woman. Yeah. It's bad enough to have to deal with one now, man. Now, inheriting your brother's spouse was not, and it still is not that unusual in some societies and cultures. Mm-hmm. Because um, I know when our missionaries were working in Zimbabwe, it was pretty common. You'd inherit your, your brother's wife if your brother died. Because she had nobody else to provide for her. Sure. They could not live on their own. Okay. So you ended up with bigamy or even polygamy. Mm -hmm. So it became a real stumbling block for Christianity. And this, I mean, obviously, we're we're also listening to this story through 21st century years. Exactly. It's a, a first century transposed into 21st century. So you have to just kind of take it as it is. But you also have to almost laugh at it. It's like, okay, you're trying to prove your point. Who's wife? And Jesus always gives a wonderful, wonderful answer. Yeah. And he says, he basically is saying, you guys are so stupid. <laughs> direct. That's direct from the Gospel of Luke, my friends. <laughs> According to her. Well, but, but the truth that, you know, in this Gospel passage, the real teaching is the second half. Yeah. And that's why if you use the short version of this Gospel reading, it leaves out that story. But I find the story kind of kind of intriguing. Yeah. I'm on team short form this week. You're on team. Why are you going to do Lotus up with new music? No, no, I did that last weekend. No, I was. I'm just saying. I think the the story might distract a little bit from what Jesus is really trying to say. Okay, you take that up with Jesus. I'm not trying to take anything up with Jesus. I'm just giving my two okay. cents. That the dead will rise. Even Moses made known in his passage when he calls he called out Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, God of Jacob. And they are living. There's life after death. So the real question for us, and it's found in the first reading as well, yeah. which is the book of Maccabees. It, the, first, the real question is, do you believe in life after death? Yeah. And if so, what does it mean? And the point that I always try to make is that we tend to get it all wrong. That we sort of think, well, I'm going to live a good life. And when I die, I cross my fingers and cross my eyes. And I hope that... Uh, 
St. Peter looks in his book and the, the left side of the ledger, which is the credits, is high, better than the right side of the ledger, which is the debits, and I get to go to heaven. <laughs> and, and that's not the way it works at all. It, Jesus came to establish the kingdom of God. And when we live in the kingdom, which means acknowledging Jesus as Lord, mm-hmm. we have Christ the King, Lord, coming up in a few weeks. Yeah. We establish Jesus as Lord, where we allow Jesus to be a part of our life, where we live for the values of the kingdom. In other words, sometimes very contrary to the values of society. Yeah. That you know, we, we plant our flag in what really matters, uh, justice, treating people with compassion, going the extra mile. Uh, doing what's right, even if it's not expedient. Mm-hmm. All of these things. If we live that kind of life, death is really kind of a non-issue. You know, we will be gone from the people that we love, and they will miss us, and they will cry terribly. But we ourselves move on into the kingdom in a fuller sense. And so for the people who are grieving, to know that we move on, and that this is our destiny, this is our destination, mm-hmm. then it's like, a, a yes, they'll still miss us, but not without hope. And so that's really, it's a message of hope. This gospel is all about, this whole Sunday is about hope. Like, yes, we will die, but life goes on. I found um, great beauty uh, earlier today. Father and I met with a wonderful family for a funeral that we'll be celebrating here at the yeah, parish. We always meet with uh, families to, to plan the funeral, to go the, through the music, the scripture readings, and, and, and all the parts. And one of the, um, right at the very beginning, one of the sons beautifully said, he said, I'd like to share with you um, the scripture readings that we chose to kind of set the foundation for what we want dad's funeral to be about. And, um, which is great. That's I always start with scripture readings when picking music for any weekend. I know you always start with scripture readings when putting together a homily. That is the, well, if I don't look at the scripture reading, how would I have a homily? Right. Well, we could only hope. And, uh, <laughs> I, I do work on the homily. You do. And, um, it was very, very, the, the theme that they kept picking from the readings was this hope in resurrection that through baptism, through the life of the church, through the kingdom here on earth, we are born, reborn, and baptized into the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And with that mentality, even knowing with my own father's death, you know, a year and a half ago now, it, it does give great hope and great comfort in times of grief. I mean, I, I've always said, like, if, if this world, if this experience, this life on earth is all that there is, I'd like my money back, please, because there are great moments, but there are also awful moments. But some of the greatest moments we have are those moments when we are getting a taste of the kingdom. Mm. The great moment when people reconcile and there's real peace between them. Yeah. Or the great moment when you ex- either experience compassion by be the, being the giver or the recipient. Yeah. You've already experienced the kingdom. I so was, there are great moments. I was just reading that today, uh, that book, that Pope Francis discipleship book that we've been reading, uh, the chapter I read today was on joy. You know, what does it mean to be authentically joyful as a Christian? And the Pope was saying that, you know, it's not like we live this miserable, dismal life on earth and then we die and we're all of a sudden joyful and happy in heaven. He was saying that the joy begins in life on earth, that the joy begins as we live in the kingdom of God here on earth. That's exactly what we've been 
talking about, but that are, <clears throat> that as Christians, we are to live joyfully. And that doesn't mean that every day is perfect in Kumbaya, but it means that we, we live in the hope of that through the difficult times that we are not alone, that God is with us. And that in the good times, we radiate Christ's joy for the world to see. I can remember when I was a kid, if something went wrong and as a kid, I sort of complained to mom, one of mom's mom had a lot of favorite lines, but one of her lines was, what do you expect? Heaven on earth. (laughs) And of course I grew up, went to seminary, became a priest, have a lot of experiences. And I never had the courage to go back and say, mom, I've got an answer. And the answer is yes, I do expect that. (laughs) But heaven on earth, heaven does begin on earth. And we might not call it heaven. It's certainly not pure, but we do get a taste of it. Well, we see glimpses of it through the sacraments. You know, we always talk about at Mass, when when we receive the Eucharist, when we enter into the Holy Holy, that we're joining the prayers of all of the angels and the saints, you know, that the, the, the heavenly choirs, as we join their song every time we celebrate Mass. Well, if you remember the test I, I gave for the new setting of the music for Mass. Yes, when, it was that was important to you. That was the first thing you said, when, actually. When we were over in church and you played, I said, play the Holy Holy. And I wanted to hear that. I said, okay, that passed the test. Because the Holy Holy is taken directly from Scripture. The first part is from Isaiah chapter 6. It's an experience of the Holy. Hmm. And Isaiah was experiencing the angels, the seraphim and the cherubim before God. And he experienced the holy. It was like a, it's one, a beautiful passage of experiencing God in all of God's splendor. Yeah. Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts. And the word host refers to the battalions, the host of angels. Yeah. Not the Eucharistic host, but uh, like a great number. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. The second half of the Holy Holy, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Mm-hmm. That comes from the entrance into Jerusalem in Matthew's gospel, the beginning of Holy Week, which is the 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 New Testament experience of the Holy, mm-hmm. uh, the Last Supper, Jesus' death on the cross, the resurrection. Right. So the Holy Holy at Mass is introducing us into a holy experience that includes the Eucharistic prayer, the consecration, which is... Holy Week in summary. Yeah. So that's why I said the Holy Holy that we sing, it doesn't have have to be like shouted out or on top of the mountain type thing, but it has to convey a, a sense of, tri- I, I don't know if I want to say triumph, but glory. Mm. It has to have a sense of reverence. It has to have a sense of, um, okay, folks, we're entering something really special and very holy. All of that conveyed in music that lasts, what, 45 seconds or two, a mi- minute, yeah. two minutes or less. But you know, just, just to piggyback on this theme, the beauty of the Mass, we enter into the Eucharistic prayer that way, and we exit from it that way too, from the doxology into the great Amen. Yeah. So when we sing Amen at Mass, it's not just Amen. But, but And the truth is, it's not like we're going from zero to 60 because we're already part of mass when we get to the Holy, Holy. Sure. And you know, the Alleluia at the reading of the gospel and the proclamation. So we've been already getting into the Holy. So it's not like stand alone. Sure. But it's still reminding us of that moment. Right. But I, I still find them to be kind of beautiful bookends of that moment. Yeah. Um, 
I, I find the great amen something sometimes we take something for granted, especially when we're kneeling. It's like, okay, as soon as this amen's done, we get to stand up. Let's get it over with. But to enjoy that moment to say, wow, everything that has happened in the mass up to this point is culminating. And I say, I believe in this. The other day I was giving a little tour of church to somebody and I said, they're asking about the sound system and the video and the, the member of our parish who was part of the group, he said, Oh, be sure to re, uh, to bring in the fact that we have these wonderful kneelers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they realize it's not just a pain to kneel down, but it is a, it doesn't detract from prayer. I think sure. sometimes kneeling, I've been in some churches where the kneelers are so hard to get onto. They're, they don't come out far enough. I'm always afraid I'm going to slide off that I'm more worried about that than actual prayer. Sure. Yeah. We want, we want the, the posture to aid in prayer, not to distract from it. Yeah. So in terms of death, resurrection, heaven on earth, uh, what do you think is maybe a, a solid takeaway from this weekend's gospel in terms of how we can more improve our, our spirituality, our hope in the resurrection in light of Jesus's teaching this week? I often come back to the same thing that I learned probably in grade school. Every day counts. You know, like the sister whoever told me in the third grade, you know, if if somebody said to you, you're going to die tomorrow, how would you live today? And she quoted some saint said, who said, well, I would go ahead and do everything I was planning to do today anyway. Hmm. Because every day counts, and it's how we live it. So we live it with the Lord each day, each minute. But I also think we do it with complete trust that the Lord, who is part of our life on this side of death, will be a part of our life on the other side of death. I don't think there's anything else we should say in these 23 minutes today. Yeah, well, it's, these, are, these are the fastest 23 minutes of the week. It's because you're with me. That's exactly it. (laughs) All right, everybody, have a wonderful rest of your week, and uh, please keep in prayer this weekend all of the men that will be on the men's retreat. And uh, for those of you that are not on the retreat, we'll see you this weekend at Mass. God bless you.